Welcome to this podcast episode all about how horse owners can help eradicate strangles. In this episode, I am joined by Red Wings Education and Campaigns Manager, Andy Villelli, and we're going to be talking about simple steps that horse owners can put in place to help eradicate strangles. Red Wings have got some fantastic campaigns and resources running to eradicate strangles, and the good news is you can still get out and about and have fun with your horse. Welcome. Um, I am talking today to Andy Villella, who is the Education and Campaign Manager for Red Wings Horse Sanctuary. So Andy's very kindly agreed to chat to me today about their um, Stamp Out Strangles campaign. So Andy, lovely to, to speak to you today. I was hoping you could just tell us a little bit more about this campaign. I know Red Wings have been working really hard to help eradicate strangles, which is one of the biggest infectious diseases we have here in the UK. Um, yeah, oh, well, first of all, thanks very much for having me. It's a real, real, real great opportunity. Um, so, yeah, so our Strangles work and our Strangles campaign has been running for many years. We've had our own protocol uh, to prevent Strangles coming into our sanctuary for a long, long time. And we've been supporting kind of the evidence base around Strangles uh, through providing samples um, to the AHT and, and, and other things like that for a long, long time. Um, and after our own outbreak um, in 2015, which was the only outbreak we'd had in the last 25 years, we really made a commitment to our supporters to start to, to ramp up what we could do to improve biosecurity um, and reduce the risk of infectious diseases of horses outside of the sanctuary. Um, so essentially the campaign is really just a campaign for better biosecurity, but we use strangles specifically um, because it's so common and we know that horse owners and premises are really worried about the risk of strangles. So it's, it can often be a good um, impetus to start thinking about uh, improving preventative measures that may be already in place or introducing them in the first place. So, um, yeah, it, it started for us in 2016. We did an in-depth survey. Around 2,000 horse owners responded. Um, and we found that, actually, horse owners know quite a lot about the disease. They know the signs. They know, how, they know what biosecurity measures exist, temperature che checking, disinfecting. They know what's involved in establishing a quarantine. It's just not happening um, across the board uh, or as much as we'd like. So uh, we started to think about how do we in encourage people to make those changes before an outbreak happens uh, rather than waiting for the outbreak to be the impetus to put in place these measures in the first place. So that's um, a good point. Yeah. So often with the livery yards, they, they don't really do anything and then either they have an outbreak or perhaps a local yard doesn't and as you said that that's the, the push that people need to take a bit of action but as you said it'd be so much better to prevent an outbreak happening in the first place so as a horse owner your yard has no um, isolation procedures in place and a new horse just arrives it just goes maybe into the stable next to your horse and it all feels a bit out of your control um, which i know is the case for, for lots of horse owners what can you do um, to, to try and reduce the, the risk of disease spread to your own horse? And obviously, try and encourage the yards to have better um, protocols in place. But is there anything horse owners can do themselves yeah. for their own horse? Yeah, I mean, well, 
Firstly, we really recommend that horse owners themselves get into the habit of temperature checking routinely. Um, it obviously has huge benefits for the identification of your horse being under the weather for a range of reasons anyway. But if you're um, on a yard that maybe has high movement of horses, you yourself take your horse to shows and events, um, it's just a, a great um, practice to get into um, is to be taking rectal temperature twice daily on return from the show or return from the event and even just to be tracking what your horse's normal resting temperature is and, and having that knowledge really and so you can notice a spike in temperature and then take action as soon as there's a spike in temperature and we know um, that usually strangles doesn't start shedding until about two days after a fever has been onset has started so um, there's actually a, a lovely window there for anybody who can spot a fever if they notice their horse is looking under the weather they can put in measures for example signage um, barriers or a foot dip or even just to say communicate to anybody who might be sharing equipment or near their horse to not share the equipment until um, the horse has been cleared of infectious disease and that would be it doesn't need to be the full uh, quarantine gear it it just it just gets you a, a step ahead in terms of being able to communicate the potential risk whilst you're um, either tracking monitoring that horse's health further for the next few days or um, getting a vet to clear the horse of um, any infectious disease um, that's one thing that every single horse owner can do um, and of course not all horses like to have their um, temperature taken and but it is something that there's lots of like training advice out there now to encourage people to know um, how to desensitize their horse to temperature checking I mean yeah, all, that's also that's really good advice and it is actually quite easy to take your horse's temperature as you said some aren't so keen and obviously people got to think about safety um, but that is a really cheap quick easy way to, to monitor your horse's health um, one as, as you said knowing normal but two new horse arriving or you've been out maybe a stay away show or something um yeah to, to track your horse's temperature it is really sensible and as you said you've got that then you've got that window to potentially act before um something is then spread throughout the whole yard that's no that's a great suggestion um and what would be some sensible steps that a, a yard could put in place to improve biosecurity so in the ideal world i suppose they'd have like a separate almost like a separate mini yard for a new horse to, to be isolated for a couple of weeks when it um, arrives. But if people don't have separate stable blocks, what, what could they do with relatively basic facilities in their yard? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly every yard is different in terms of their um, the constraints, I guess, they face on putting in place isolation for horses newly arriving to their yard the first thing is um, I think is for the yard manager to, to have a, a policy in place whereby there is a period of quarantine or a period of isolation where that horse is um, monitored for their health is monitored for three weeks and they're not um, sharing any facilities or sharing any equipment in that time certainly without disinfection between. Um, there's also, of course, screening. Um, so a yard can ask for horses to be tested. Um, 
and more and more yards are actually doing this. We did a snapshot yard survey uh, at the end of last year in 2018, and 15 of the 22 yards that we went to sampled through a Google map search around where our welfare officers were found that 68% had some form of quarantine and or testing procedures in place, um, which is really good news. Um, it shows that, and, and it's generally a really good sign of the that yard taking um, infectious disease really quite seriously in terms of protecting the health of their other clients. Um, we, we do have a, what we call a yard agreement template on our website, uh, which we developed with um, Livery List, who are a, a directory for livery yards. So it's essentially a Word document that you can download and edit, and it currently is formatted. So it, it covers everything from new horses arriving to what, your, what the expectations are of the livery yard manager and the horse owner in the event of a potential infectious disease uh, being suspected on the yard, as well as the movement of horses, the use of transport that kind of thing and so it's a good basis I'd say for any yard manager who wants to just check their current procedures perhaps they've got a kind of verbal agreement in place alongside their livery um, agreement with their clients and perhaps they want to just double check that that's up to date or if there's anything that can be strengthened and that's there also of course for those who don't have anything in place at all it can be downloaded and used um, as a basis for a new policy being created. Um, for live, we, one thing we do know is that livery yards are keen to put these kinds of agreements in place after an outbreak because they this is they see this as the opportunity to raise standards and to prevent the risk of what can be very costly, upsetting um, experience of having to manage a disruptive. Um, experience of managing an outbreak. Um, so what we're really trying to do is encourage any yard managers out there to double check what um, procedures they have in place and how they communicate that to their liveries as well. And if, you, if they're a livery as well, you know, have they spoken to their yard uh, manager about what their point of view is on isolation and screening? Do they have a, a, something written down that they can refer to, how is their horse protected, um, that kind of thing. That's what I would really say from to, the, to any yards sort of listening to this or horse owners on yards who aren't sure what the protocols and policies are. And, of course, all of our information is freely available um, through our Strangles Hub online. I will put a link to that uh, under the notes for the podcast. That's really, really helpful. So as a horse owner, um, I can do temperature checks, I can have a chat with my yard and see what policies and things they've actually got in place. Because as you said, sometimes yards are doing things, but they maybe don't communicate it that clearly. So as a horse owner, I don't even know what kind of biosecurity measures are in place. What about if I'm moving yards? So you mentioned some yards are, are doing mm. screening and testing, which is, which is really helpful. Uh, short of hitting social media or Google and just calling up a load of places and finding out and chatting to them about what they do. Have you guys got any resources um, about where I could find yards that are prepared to take a few more steps for biosecurity? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, definitely. And um, so, thankfully, we, we launched a campaign, sort of campaign action in November last year, so around three, three four months ago, um, which offers yards and horse owners the ability to pledge, which is like a voluntary commitment 
to good biosecurity practices um, and also the prevention and the steps needed to eradicate strangles. Um, and we've had 98, as, as of today, we've had 98 yards uh, pledge across the country from Scotland down to Cornwall um, who are voluntarily saying, put me on the map. I, I have these standards. I um, have a yard agreement. I reduce the risk of strangles by screening new horses, and I will respond immediately if strangles are suspected. Um, and I think that that the, that's a real assurance for anybody who's concerned about um, how well their, the health of their horse would be protected on a yard. They can see who's pledged by going to our website and looking um, on our find a yard section of that um, strangles hub and in there they'll see a Google map with all of the yards around the country that have um, made that pledge. So that's a great way firstly to see um, how to, to, to know whether your yard even has your yard pledged. If not, are they aware of the pledge? Perhaps they already um, do have these sorts of measures in place, in which case they can go ahead and pledge and then benefit from um, the information and guidance that we send to yard managers, which can also help them ensure compliance amongst their liveries, because we know a big challenge for yards is keeping their liveries informed of best practice, temperature checking and, and not sharing equipment and all of these things, because as soon as that's raised, it, they're worried that it causes alarm about you know the motives behind raising um, or reminding people to take precautions when they're out at shows and to to take biosecurity seriously on a day-to-day -day basis. So hopefully, once a yard is pledged and they go on the map, they also receive um, fairly frequent, I'd say, like once every um, two months, a little e-alert, which has resources which can be easily shared through social media to their liveries, which can also, which basically depersonalizes it from the yard. So it's not, it's from our campaign, we're reminding people of the importance of temperature checking and of the importance of disinfecting and um, taking using the guidance that we've got um, online. So it's a really great resource. So you can look <clears throat> literally on a physical map, you've plotted all these yards that, as you said, have said, right, hands up, I'm going to take more, more steps, I'm going to do much more um, to prevent the spread of strangles, and I've got in my yard, I have increased biosecurity measures. Uh, and as you said, compliance, um, if you are the person running the yard, it can be really hard just to get horse owners to clear, I don't know, droppings out of the school, never mind, take uh, more steps. So I think that's, that's a, a really great resource. And as you said, um, if you, as the yard manager, if you suddenly start reminding people about some of these biosecurity measures, people are instantly really, really suspicious, aren't they? Yeah. And one of the features, as I think is really good about your campaign from Red Wings, is your we're trying to encourage people to actually speak openly about strangles, mm. not just brush it under the carpet, not have social media scaremongering and finger pointing, but to actually just, you know, communicate openly and honestly and responsibly. And just, you know, perhaps if the yard has, has um, suffered from an outbreak or is in the midst of one, it's much better for them to be honest about it and explain what steps they're taking rather than letting... Chinese whispers sort of occur online. So maybe you could just talk us through how you're encouraging people to just speak speak out a bit more responsibly and not try and brush strangles onto the carpet. Yeah, absolutely. We know speaking out is crucial to um, the fast response and the responsible and um, 
practical responding to potential disease outbreak and then preventing spread. And, uh, it, and actually, the use of precautionary quarantine uh, sort of measures, as in putting a signage up saying, please don't handle or share equipment with this horse temporarily. We know that by doing that, uh, it should be sorry. It should be more common. It should be like a social norm, really, that we we see this happening, um, and then them being taken down when horses are cleared. To do that, though, people need to feel confident that they can say, "My horse may be sick, and it, for that reason, I don't want to be. I want you to know so that you don't share equipment and don't touch touch my horse." Um, and people don't have that confidence. Interestingly, from our survey, though, we found that those people who had experience of an outbreak were far more likely to be less alarmist um, um, around strangles because um, they'd had that practical experience. The, the other experience that we got from our, our strangle survey was that where people had had outbreaks, and that was around 340 yards who responded, um, most people were said that the yards the yard manager had managed that outbreak really well, as in between 8 and 10 out of 10. So we know that in practice that the majority of outbreaks are managed pretty painlessly, or certainly they're managed well um, by yards. People know what to do when they have to. For us, it's about getting that message to people who have a fear of strangles because perhaps they've not um, had the practical experience and encouraging them to be kind of like you said, uh, like rational and respectful and practical around um, their response to potential disease outbreak. Um, so in our horse owner pledge, that's one of the core components, we ask, if you're we ask people to pledge their commitment to communicating openly and responsibly about disease outbreaks. And that can be both you as an individual with the, the, a suspected um, sick horse yourself, or it could be um, a, within on a yard with people where you've got another uh, livery client who's, who may have a sick horse and may be managing that stress and worry. Or it might be online, you know, in, in response to disease outbreak at a local um, event centre or a local livery yard. It's really, uh, the evidence is out there that people respond as practically um, and as responsibly as possible with the information they have available. And um, the best approach we can take is to be supportive, to inquire um, responsibly and to raise awareness to advice and guidance that's out there where people um, yeah, don't, have, so don't have that access in the first place. And of course, following the vet's guidance is absolutely, absolutely key. So when a yard has a vet involved, really that has to be respected. Yeah, definitely. I was just going to mention vets, actually, because the vets I work with are often managing or helping to manage um, strangles outbreaks. And I think they do a really good job. But if they are called out sooner to help, they can certainly, um, you know, kind of limit, limit the chaos is probably the, the best way to put it. But that's really nice to hear that owners who have been involved in a, in a strangled outbreak, which is, as you said, really stressful and, and quite unpleasant for everybody, credited the, the yard with, with handling that really well so it's good to know that if there is happening um on the yards these outbreaks that they are being dealt with really well um so my next question was really what about when you take your horse out and about like you mentioned mm. coming back from a competition you know temperature checks twice a day to just really make sure you're keeping a very close eye on your horse's temperature because you can get that uh, slight early spike before strangles um is kind of fully 
fully taken hold on, on the horse. So yeah, what what's your best suggestions? You know, it's we're recording this March, the although it's absolutely freezing at the moment, the eventing <laughs> season's just started. I'm, the clocks are gonna change in a couple of weeks, but I'm sure most horse owners are itching to come out to some spring and summer competitions. Um, so yeah, what what's the best steps as owners we can take when we're out and about with our horses? Yeah, well I mean the first thing that I'd say is that being being sensible and taking sensible precautions means that people can fully enjoy being active with their horse. It's, it's absolutely not the case that you have to compromise on biosecurity um, to the detriment of um, your enjoyment of the horse. So, um, well, that's we have, good to hear. So we can still have fun. Yeah. Also keep our horses. I think that's a very good point to make. Absolutely. Yeah. Fun uh, is still on the agenda. Perfect. Fun is still on the agenda for sure. And we have got a five simple steps poster, um, which is available on the website again, which is really handy and, and includes just simple things that will um, help people feel confident um, about staying safe at events. Things like um, making sure that you take disinfectant wipes with you or having so like a disinfectant squirt gun if you're staying away um, and you're not sure of the hygiene and the cleanliness of the stables, um, being prepared. Um, also being able to talk and find out in advance from the show, the events that you're going to, um, what precautions do they have? Obviously, um, making sure that you know how strangles is transmitted. So it means it's not an airborne disease it is um passed through direct contact with streptococcus equi which is the bacteria and therefore we can quite it's got a fairly simple pathway of transmission that's quite easy to break so it, it means that as long as you don't have you don't allow nose-to-nose contact and you don't touch other horses uh, with and then don't disinfect afterwards um you also discourage other people from touching your horse um and definitely avoid sharing water sources, for example. Um, those sort of simple steps will definitely keep people nice and protected whilst they're away. And likewise, the more we talk again, this is going back to the open thing, the more we inquire about biosecurity provision at uh, event venues, the more likely it is that those event venues are going to be prioritising that also because it's within their own, um, it's in within their own interests to have the reputation as a yard that protects the health of horses um, at, at their events. So I just encourage people to, to ask at the venue what, what, they, what provisions they have. Yeah, that's a really good point. So being a little bit more organized, as you said, packing some, some disinfectant wipes and spray and being a little bit antisocial, uh, so not letting your horse nose move contact and just trying to discourage anyone else from, you know, patting you see people don't need just walking down lines of stables at, at like big shows and they're just going from horse to horse. So just trying to discourage things like that and, and separate water sources. And I think that's a great point you make actually about asking the um, venues what they've got in place because I know I've certainly checked into some stairway stables and just been horrified by the you know, filthy, dusty old bedding and mm-hmm. then spent ages taking it all out, um, which if, yes, great from a biosecurity perspective but also just looks so yucky and horrible I would want my horse on that and um, so finding out in advance you know is the bedding is it fresh do I need to bring my own that would that would all all be sensible steps to take brilliant so to just sort of summarize what we've been chatting about then there's lots that owners can do 
without compromising on, on the fun side. So they can be out and about enjoying their horses. They don't necessarily have to move yards just because their yard maybe doesn't have the best policies and procedures in place. They can encourage the yards to take more steps. But as an owner yourself, the temperature checks are certainly better, better than nothing. Uh, and, and using your great resources like your, your map to find out which yard, is it your yard, is it maybe if you're moving house, maybe there's a, a, a new yard you're looking for, have taken uh, increased measures for, for biosecurity. That's really, really helpful. And you've mentioned the Strangled Hub, so I'm going to put a link to that. So that's where you've got resources on and knowing early signs of strangles, things you can do if you're out and about with your horse, quarantine procedures. Uh, you've got information about the traffic light procedure, haven't you, on there as well? Yeah, absolutely. That's also within our Strangles information pack, which is delivered sort of free to anybody who uh, pledges. So, yeah, there's, there's a this nice, glossy, you know, um, tack room proof uh, booklet that's very accessible and has all the information about how you would um, manage an outbreak using the traffic light system. Brilliant. So lots of aimers to, to find and our best advice really would be for them to take the strangles place to just everyone to just speak out a bit more about strangles and just do a little bit more. And if everybody just if everyone just did like five or ten percent more on biosecurity front, that would probably result in a huge increase um, for horse health overall, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Together we can do it and we can all find small ways, small changes, small habits that we can adopt. And I always think that um, a change that you make ends up influencing so many others because modelling exactly what you'd like to see in other people is probably the most influential way, much more so than telling them what to do. Yes, that is a, that is so true. You're, you're totally right. This is a, um, a horse owner. You, come, you know, you're out competing with me and, and other people start seeing you doing temperature checks after a competition. You're dead right. People are highly likely to follow. That's, that's, no, that's really, really great advice. Oh, brilliant. Well, lots of excellent resources. Uh, as I said, I'll put a link to the Strangles Hub and some really, really sensible suggestions. But I think the most important takeaway is that you can still have fun with your horse, but you can still keep your horse safe from infectious diseases at the same time. So yeah, that's excellent. Thanks so much for your, for your time, Andy. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity and good luck, everybody. <laughs>